Welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast, where we explore a relationship to plants, other people, and the mysteries of nature. Coming to you from the High Allegheny Plateau in central New York, we are your hosts, A.C. Staubel and Isaac Hill. Okay, so this is another duo cast. Hello. This is, this is early spring. Early spring duo cast. It's been kind of a uh, long late winter. We had maple sap going until just last week, which is like over a month. It's like a month and a half of, of maple flow. Yeah, the other, um, the maple vendors at the farmer's market said that it was one of their best years ever, maybe the best year ever for maple. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, well, we like to boil it down with chaga and reishi. Artist Kong, Artist, uh, red belted polypore, and um, turkey tail. Turkey tail, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was it, it's really good because you get all of those extracted so deeply with that the, the boiling down, like you know, forty gallons into one gallon of sap, forty gallons of sap, forty gallons of sap into one gallon of syrup. Mm-hmm. So all that boiling down, or we have the mushrooms in there until almost almost the end. We keep reusing them, so you get all, like all the stuff out of them. Yeah, we're basically making a mushroom decoction so decoction is basically the word for making a strong tea but you boil it down at kind of a simmer um to extract the fungi so we're putting you know these amazing medicinal mushrooms into our syrup which is kind of a sweet treat but you know the bitterness and then the medicinal like earthy flavor is very subtle because it's still maple syrup. Like yeah, somebody, if you sweet. gave it to someone, they probably just they wouldn't realize. Well, it, it does have it has so much more flavor to it. Yeah, it's a and, different earthy flavor. It's pr- yeah, so it's it's very dark and it's beautiful. Yeah, so we're really happy about that. We've been doing that for a couple of years and expanding um, how much we've been making um, every year just by a little bit. But hopefully this summer we can. Uh, build a little sugar shack and my friends can help us weld a uh an evaporator so we can do this outside and because we've we've kind of come to the you know end of what we can really realistically do just with our wood stove and (laughs) And, stove yeah so (laughs) but we've we've pushed it pretty far Uh, i think we got maybe five or six gallons this to this year that's pretty good Mm -hmm. um but we could probably tap at least twice as many trees. We and our have a, neighbor said yeah. we could tap their trees as well. Yeah, so that's that's good. But then it's it's spring now. It's finally really really spring. I feel it. I yeah. actually feel like it's spring. It's there's been so many fake springs, you know, where you're like, oh, it's a beautiful sixty degree day. We're out here in t-shirts. Like the day we did the shiitake logs, we were, um, you know, just barefoot and shirts off. Yeah, getting those sun rays yeah we did we were able to do how many like four or five full trees that our friend was cutting down um of sugar maple which is what uh what shiitake likes and they like either sugar maple or white oak and we don't have any oak up here we have a lot of sugar maple Mm -hmm. and our friend was cutting them down anyway so we got to utilize those which is fantastic that's a real real head stash of shiitakes Yes. So we got that. Um, and then, yeah, the, the grass is really green. And we just went, I went down to North Carolina for um, the tap meeting, which was really amazing. And it was like, you know, full on spring there. Everything's already flowered and 
it's just so nice. Yeah, you were chasing spring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here we're still just getting started. We haven't even... I mean, the ramps are starting to poke out, and uh, garlic mustard, <laughs> and uh, sochan. So, yeah, it's good. Very excited for spring greens. We've just been nibbling a little bit here and there in our walks and having ramp breath, and yeah. the nettles are coming up with, like, these purple leaves, uh, and they're still really tiny, so... Yeah. I'm, I'm just excited. We had sochan for breakfast with some of our friends' local spinach with eggs and our homegrown potatoes, and that's like the standard breakfast around here pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the eggs are doing really well. Yeah, the, our, our duck eggs. Uh, we we So we, we have geese too, but they have not started laying. I'm not sure what's going on with We've them. We've also been letting them out to roam and go to the little pond and you know, eat the fresh green grass coming up. So they might be laying it somewhere. We just don't know. So maybe we could actually yeah. like keep them. Well, the geese have been attacking the ducks a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But we, we're going to, um, we haven't started doing the rotational grazing with the, um, electric fence yet, uh, this season. Cause it's, you know, we're been yeah. fake spring, fake spring. Like we had, we had fake spring and then we had like a foot and a half of snow yeah. and neg like single digits. So the next, mm -hmm next week so it's like pretty crazy you can't really do that oh so the last time we did a duo cast it was what midwinter mm -hmm. we've had a lot of really great episodes since then we talked to phyllis delight and kat meyer and yolanda joy rochelle uh arnima peter mark adams sophie strand these are all i, I was just really excited for all these yeah this was a episodes. great block yeah and, and it's interesting how they all go together really well, too. Like, Phyllis Delight and Kat Meyer talk about energetic herbalism from different perspectives. Yeah, those I think those are really good episodes to listen to back-to-back -back because, yeah, they, they're taking, talking about the same thing, um, but, like, in their own language and uh, with their own understandings. But they, they've also, you know, they know each other and, like, have been influenced by each other, so that's been that's pretty cool, too. And, yeah, and then, like... Yolanda Joy and Rochelle Robinette also kind of go together. Yeah, they both talk about herbal businesses, um, and they have like different different sides of the herb world. Like Rochelle Robinette is a herbalist and um, really into education and talking about food as medicine, um, and she's just a super inspirational herbalist. And go then Yolanda Joy. Oh, go ahead. Well, she goes hard on the social media, whereas, like, Yolanda Joy yeah. is, like, the opposite. Yep. And Yolanda Joy is an inspire, inspiring, like, she's aspiring, that's the word, um, herbalist. And so she's created this online herbal conference for herbal entrepreneurs and um, has interviewed some of these amazing herbalists from different aspects um, of the herb business. And so she's on this, like, educational side, too, but in a different way. Yeah, that's it's been you know it's cool to see how there's a lot of different niches for everybody, mm -hmm. and it's about finding your niche and what works for you. You know, like um, Instagram Reels may work for some people and not for other people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I don't know, I, I have such an ambivalent relationship with social media myself. Yeah. <laughs> but then we had we talked uh, the other block that kind of like the episodes that fit together is Arnima and Peter Mark Adams and um, Karen Rose. Oh yeah, Karen Rose. Well, yeah. and, and Sophie Strand too. Mm -hmm. I think those all go together pretty yeah. well. But 
like like Peter Mark Adams and Karen Rose also talked both about ancestral healing and why that's so important and how to actually you know do that mm. and uh, yeah. yeah Karen had a very practical way of ancestral healing of like talk to your living ancestors talk to your mother your grandmother your father grandfather like your your people and versus Peter Mark Adams had this really interesting. Um, way of dealing with ancestral healing called family constellation therapy and it was like kind of working through ancestral trauma on a physical and a metaphysical plane like at the same time because you're like channeling your ancestors into this space and people like people you've never met before are all in this room with you acting out as different parts of your family so someone might be your mother, someone might be your brother, someone might be your great-great-grandmother. And, like, there's these traumas and these things that come up as they're all improv kind of going through this process. And he said there's just amazing results of people finding forgiveness and peace within their family by tapping into this, you know, ancestral line. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that was a really cool way of looking at it, too. But... For, for me, when these kind of things come up, and, like, we don't necessarily, we're not, like, planning the topics like that so in, so no. in, in advance. It kind of just, like, things kind of, the interviewees come to us at, at, at you know, regular kind of times and mm. just kind of happens. Yeah, it's uh, really so, interesting. Yeah, but, like, when, they're, when, they're, when these kind of topics pop up, it's like, oh, that's something to pay attention to, you yeah. know? So um, both Peter and Karen talking about same thing from different aspects uh just was 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 really good for me to to um internalize that and like pay attention to that because like i was able to visit like my family recently you know the last couple days week mm. two weeks and then my uh grandma and and it, and talk about my granddad i got this amazing um blanket it's a uh, what's it called? Quilt. quilt. Yeah, quilt that my grandma had made of of my granddad's shirts. So it's like there's like a tang a tangible like um, memento of of him, mm. and I was able to also go down and and got a uh, cider press that he had gotten was working on, and so uh, and she just wanted to get rid of it. So I was able to to acquire that, and then now I can fix it up and like finish what he started and, like he i remember him talking to me about getting the cider press and like he was going to mm. start pressing apples and we you know last fall we were like man we have so many apples we need a cider press yeah <laughs> you know so like worked out pretty perfectly and this thing is so old and yeah. huge and it's just like diesel it's like it's all cast iron metal parts mm -hmm. except for the pan is, is stainless steel he might have gotten that like made for it or something but then all the wood is really old and it's like starting to rot out. So I'm going to need to like replace mm. most of the wooden parts and clean up all of the cast iron parts. It needs like a total refurbishment, but it's going to be amazing. All the, It has all the parts. And, and that thing's going to last forever, right? Yeah, I mean it already has lasted yeah. forever. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. so that was pretty cool. And then like, yeah, really like paying attention to those those stories and like the, the – what – what the uh you know what the ancestors are telling me what the, my family is telling me like what what mm. what I'm feeling it in my body and yeah that that so that was pretty cool but then also like um Peter and Arnima were talking about similar things from different perspectives too and like we got into a little bit with Peter about like the 
more exalted states of consciousness and like uh, non-dual experiences and so mm-hmm. on. And then with Arma, we got kind of focused mainly on that. Like uh, I guess non-dual would be a way of, of talking about it. But but one of the, I just was I just saw her down in, in North Carolina as well as a lot of friends from Tat, and that was really also amazing because we haven't seen each other and you know in person in th- you know three years at this point. This is the first in-person tap meeting. And um, one of my takeaways from that, which, you know, you you hear, it's like, you know, uh, self-realization or enlightenment or, you know, whatever you want to call it, awakening. um, It's not an experience. You know, it's it's a realization. Um, And that's something that maybe is good for people, like, people to hear because... We sometimes start chasing these experiences, these spiritual experiences, and the like. The true experiencing the true nature of what you are isn't necessarily an experience. It's just, <laughs> so. Mm. So that was that was a a pretty cool uh, combination. Yeah. To so for folks that haven't heard you talk about TAT before, what is TAT? Oh, well, it's a it's a, just a group of um, spiritual seekers and finders. That was started by uh, West Virginia um, mystic occultist, a spiritual teacher named Richard Rose in like 1970, and um, it's just a really cool group of people who are all very come from different different perspectives, um, and like it's it's like a way to to come together uh, for seekers to come together and, and talk about like those the deepest deepest. Um, goals, motivations, uh, in, insights and so on. Um, and I, I've, I've, it's, I, I joined it basically when I was 20 and have met, like I, I've become, you know, good friends with a lot of these people over that time and it's helped me grow and mature as a person. Um, so. And Arnima and Art, who we previously interviewed. Yeah, they're, are they're all part, they're part of members, TAT. members of TAT. They mm-hmm. speak at TAT events often um and yes uh art was a student of richard rose and arma was basically a student of art <laughs> in a certain <laughs> way um but they we've we've interviewed both of them and and you know this is not definitely not for everybody it's like kind of if it if it rings your bell then that's that's cool and you should you can research further but I, it's not going to ring everyone's bell so and that's that's fine. There's like different spiritual paths for everybody, you know. And that's one of the things that um, I, you know, like to highlight. And one of the things I like about this show is getting to see all these different paths and different ways of approaching uh, spirituality, magic, plant work, healing, all those things. For sure. But yeah, that was cool. I got to got to see all those people in North Carolina. And while he was away, my mom was visiting, speaking of, you know, our ancestors, and we uh, did a total redo to our bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> it's super cute now. It's it's not so, like, granny country chic as it once was. It's just more, like, I don't know, clean. We put this cute tile floor, like a sticker floor <laughs> on top of the tile. It's a black and white pattern, and... I'll have to post some pictures to our Patreon page for everybody because I'm really proud of our work. <laughs> yeah, and so the other thing is the day I got back, um, 
I like went down and visited my sister and her new baby and then visited North Carolina and then uh, went to West Virginia and visited my grandma and picked up the cider, cider press. With the help of your brothers? Yeah, they helped me. That was really cool. And a bunch of like wood siding they were going to use. Mm. Um, but the day I got back, the cat uh, gave birth. Yeah, Minwee, our cat, or Midnight, uh, she gave birth to seven kittens. <laughs> There's four orange ones, two calico, and one black and white, and they're all just so cute. They're just these tiny little blind babies, like, squirming around in their little, like, comfy cardboard box with their mom, and she's being such a good mom. I'm really proud of her. Yeah. So if anyone needs kittens in the central New York area, holler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we we decided basically we're going to like let her have one litter and then fix her. And yeah. I think that's a, that's a good move. I mean, we, it's good to have kit, cats around here because we have... Yeah, we no... wanted to have a few more cats. But yeah. seven's a lot, so... <laughs> yeah, seven is a lot. They're like fighting over nipples. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes. It's... I mean, she has eight, so it's... Mm-hmm. They, they each, you know, get, get a full nipple, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm also, you know, speaking of it being spring, excited about some plants as as usual, and I wanted to share with you some of the new plants that I'm starting this year, that I haven't, you know, new additions to the garden, and uh, one of them is Udo, uh, Aurelia cordata, which is uh, Japanese spikenard, is another name for it, but it's an Aurelia, like um, spikenard and wild. Uh, sarsaparilla which are two native plants from around here but this one udo is a lot bigger than the the american spikenard i mean not, not like a lot lot bigger but it's 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 bigger and it's an, uh, an herbaceous plant they say it gets up to six feet or even mm-hmm. bigger and it's used as a vegetable in japan so i'm excited for that where and do you want to plant that i'm gonna plant it in the little forest garden down here that we're starting with uh so like as on the herbaceous level, I mean it's a big plant for the herbaceous level, but in there with the pear trees and gumi, and it's a, all those plants. Um, which so it'll be like a part shaded environment with rich soil, and it, I kind of like we have like a native area which is the like the maple forest, the sugar bush is where we're focusing on just native plants and all those like golden seal and that kind of stuff but then this like mixed forest garden that we've started on the hayfield part of the hayfield close to the house which you know it's not a hayfield anymore it's a forest garden (laughs) but that's where i've planted um like the the typical forest garden type plants i've got uh rare ripe peaches um asian pears european pears apple um mulberry uh gumi indigo bush um bunch of other stuff and then at the herb level we got the comfrey some valerian Valeria. some lemon balm and um did we do well, joe pie over there no that's not in the yet prairie. but that's still it's still like coming into being mm-hmm. the all the pear trees i grafted them and they're all still kind of small so but the udo will go really well in that because it's yeah. it's like a like a like a mixed forest garden have like exciting yeah well i guess we also have some hardy pecans in the back end Uh there and some persimmons pawpaws Mm um eleuthero but uh yeah so udo i'm excited about that there's a video that um joe hollis did on udo on youtube you should check that out and also 
Um, we're very sad to learn mm. about the fire that Joe had at Mountain Gardens down in North Carolina. So check that out and offer some support to him if you can. Yeah. Because uh, he's just such an amazing person. Yeah, the the library and free apothecary burned down, so they're accepting donations of books and herbal medicine, and you can find them on Instagram or on their website. So definitely give Joe Hollis some love for sure. Yeah. he He's the one who introduced me to Udo. And we interviewed him last year as well. Yeah, that was a really good interview too. Yeah. Um, another one that we're doing is Chinese licorice, um, Glyceriza urolensis. I guess we actually have some of this going already, but we have like just a few plants and we expanded that this year. But that's another one that um, is just a really great herb. I think that the European licorice is not hardy up here. I've heard of various reports about that but i've it, it seems like the chinese licorice is much hardier and um we had a really cold winter last winter and the ones that we started last year are alive and and i can mm-hmm. you know if you uncover the mulch their their little buds are green and, and starting to poke up so it it does it here so we're gonna continue expanding that patch because it takes a couple years mm-hmm. for them to start being productive so we're just continuing to grow those yeah and those are doing really well Uh, another tip that joel hollis taught me for any of these um pea family plants like licorice um or uh astragalus when you have a couple more here that we started astragalus crassocarpus which is ground plum milk vetch and baptisia tincturia which so those are all pea family plants if you put them in a little jar and you put you pour just past boiling water over them then they swell up and the seeds swell up and they're ready to germinate and that just really that that kind of scarification works really well for pea family plants so the licorice chinese licorice is is one of those that we did that way and it's it's doing really well out here in the uh the seed starting area another one we're doing is ground plum milk vetch and this is a native plant to um sort of the midwest and middle of the of the of the u.s and this is astragalus crassocarpus and the astragalus genus is huge we're also growing the regular astragalus i think it's astragalus membranaceous something like Mm -hmm. that um the chinese astragalus that's used as a as an herb but the ground plum milk vetch has really beautiful pink flowers and then has a a fruit it's like basically a, a big pea kind of thing which is used as a food source um, this is why it's called a ground plum. It looks like a big plum. Uh, so I'm really excited about these, and they've sprouted up really well. I got them from Prairie Moon Nursery, and last year they were sold out, so I was happy to acquire some of them this year. I'm going to plant them with our Arnica. We have our Arnica Montana. Is that the name? Yeah, I think, or ch- no, Chem Chemoisis. I yeah, I never had luck with Arnica Montana. Yeah, yeah, it's ch- yeah, it's the it's the one from the U.S. and it it's been doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's also a low growing, full sun plant. So we're gonna plant that with the ground plum. Um, I, we've got a bunch of that started too. I also, speaking of Arnica, I just recently learned that um, the that. Jim McDonald, the herbalist from Michigan, uses gold or uh, goldenrod as like a topical pain relief infused in oil, like the way that you would use arnica. And so I'm really excited to try that since it is so hard to grow arnica 
here um and i can't always get out to montana <laughs> yeah it's really interesting to me to find alternatives like goldenrod is everywhere out here so that would be really exciting to me is so if anyone has tried goldenrod topically for pain please let me know i'm curious well, to see how it... also those arnica flowers are so tiny yeah and like a goldenrod head is huge yeah so that would be a lot as far as like time oh my gosh yeah usually time saving mm-hmm. so another one i got from prairie moon here is um small wild yellow indigo small yellow wild indigo baptisia tinctoria this is a small baptisia um we were already growing baptisia um, australis i think is the name uh, the blue indigo wild blue indigo it's like a herbaceous plant with beautiful blue purple flowers and that's like a common um ornamental plant um but this one is a lot smaller and has yellow flowers and is native more towards the prairie area um but this one apparently is a really excellent uh antibacterial antimicrobial type plant um antiviral i think is it is it mainly antiviral i don't know i guess i should research the plant a little bit more but i saw, saw it on yeah it's antiviral saw it on a list of top antiviral herbs and like i'm not a medical doctor i'm not suggesting that you should use this instead of antibiotics or antivirals um but i'm interested in growing it because it looks really cool and uh, apparently the root is used so i'm looking forward to learning more about this plant and meeting this plant because for me like i i don't i like to work with plants that i know mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> especially by growing them and then I can really see their spirit. I can see what they are, like what their unique characteristics are, how it grows, what it, you know, what it likes, what it doesn't like, all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to meet, really get to to know uh, Baptisia tinctoria. Another one we got from Prairie Moon is uh, Bush Morning Glory, Ipomoea leptophila. Leptophila. That's also called manroot. I think. Uh, it's like a giant morning, like it's a morning glory type pl- plant, like in that the sweet potato family. It has these beautiful purple morning glory type flowers, but it's not a vine. It's more of a, a bush, like, but it grows out from one big root. And, a, and I think you can eat that root. I'm not that I'm probably going to do that, but it seems like a really interesting plant. Like the root will get the size of a human being. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. They're, they're they're huge a small human being oh my gosh <laughs> yeah so where are you gonna plant this in the in the prairie area nice because the prairie the prairie yeah <laughs> we have a, a little prairie area and uh it needs full sun and a little bit drier soils that's so why it like has... climb up a mullein or something yeah i mean it's, it's not it's not a vine it's, it's like oh. it's kind of a draper it's like a draping shrub bush oh, okay. kind of thing it's not woody though as far as i know well, again, I'm, I'm it looks ex- just like a morning glory vine, like a trumpet flower. Yeah, but the leaves are more like needle-like instead of. Um, oh yeah, they are. Yeah, heart-shaped. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to get to know this plant cool. too. We'll put, probably put it at the top of that rid- little ridge area mm-hmm. where it's a little drier. But we'll see how it goes. It's sprouted and it's it's already growing huge mm-hmm. very quickly. So 
that'll be good. And then another one from this, doing all these weird prairie plants, I, I don't know why it's, it's fun, especially nitrogen fixing <laughs> ones, um, is the lead plant, and that's related to the um, amorpha, it's, a, it's an amorpha, and um, we have the wild, like, bush, indigo bush out here, which is more of a fruticosa, but this one is smaller, and it has, like, grayer leaves, um, and it's more of a prairie plant, so I'm excited about that one, too. It has huge root systems, you know? It really keeps all the soil in place, and it digs down deep. I'm really excited about our hoop house. Yes, yeah. Because then we can plant some things... Um, that can just overwinter in there. Yeah, yeah. Or we can extend our green season to be the entire year. I really miss greens in the winter, you know? Yeah. So that'll be really nice. Yeah, we had some friends up and we put up the hoop house uh, most of the way. So we still have some finishing touches to put. But yeah, I want, I'm excited to put uh, my mandrakes in there because I uh, have them at my mom's right now in the, the gr- uh, greenhouse there. But I'm excited to put my lavender and yeah. rosemary. And... Uh, w- what is another thing we started? Well, we started a bunch of um, ashwagandha, like mm-hmm, a bunch of ashwagandha. Yeah, that'll do really well in there. And then clove tomatoes, which I got from Joseph Lofthouse, who we interviewed through the Experimental Seed Network. And um, those are apparently like a wild tomato. So they have all that genetic diversity in them instead mm-hmm. of like most of the cultivated tomatoes are extremely inbred. So I'm excited to see yeah. that current tomato and Can't see. Can't wait. Yeah. How they, how they do. And then we're going to also put a whole row of sweet potatoes because we love sweet potatoes. Yeah. And um, they're kind of hard to grow around here because of... It's cold. <laughs> yeah, it's cold and then like rodent or insect damage and things like that. But I think in the greenhouse, they're going to do really well. Yeah. I, th- I think that one of the main reasons is we have such a short season. Yeah. They just, they can't oh, really get Oh, and peppers are going in there because last peppers, year yeah. we only got a few mature peppers. We planted them too late. Yeah. Year before was a great pepper season though, so that's okay. Yeah. Our little like spicy Hungarian hot peppers. We still have like a bunch of those. Yeah, those are popping up real, real good. Nice. Yeah. But we're also starting a lot, about, a lot of seeds of uh, trees and shrubs too. Persimmons, pawpaws, sea berry, gumi, a bunch of stuff. So. Yes. 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 <laughs> so you're doing some educational events coming up, right? Yeah, I'm going to be teaching a class once a month for the rest of the farming season, so I think till October. Um, on Thursdays, I think it's the third Thursday of the month for Unadilla Community Farm and the Leather Stocking region of the National Young Farmers Coalition are the hosts of these online workshops. And it's basically for their interns to learn about herbalism and um they've allowed me to make it public and so people can also join in from my networks and the internet um, if they want and it's free to join and I accept tips so yeah if you're interested in that I'll be um, posting more about it and you can follow me about that on my website travelingherbfarmer.com I'm also on Instagram at travelingherbfarmer and Facebook at travelingherbfarmer as well So one other thing is this upcoming, actually next weekend, it's Earth Day weekend. There's the One Summit, Women Working for the Earth Summit. What's the the dates again in case someone's watching this later? It's April 21st through 26th of 2022. Cool. And there's going to be over 30 speakers, women and gender nonconforming people who have been instrumental in 
their work as herbalists or authors or elders, philosophers, artists. They're just doing such amazing work and every single one of them is inspiring and really, really cool. So we have like Deb Soul and Tammy Sweet, Rosemary Gladstar, Linda Black Elk, Leah Penniman, Winona LaDuke, Terry Tempest Williams, Rosita Arvigo, who we interviewed, is just amazing. Um, and so I encourage everyone to check out this event. The link is going to be in the bio, but you can go to womenworkingfortheearth.com as well. And if you use our affiliate link, we get actually um, half of the sales of any of the all access passes that are sold, which are 69 bucks. So you can have the recordings if you want, but it's free to join live. So we encourage everyone to do that. And um, if you do use our link, thank you. Yeah, well, so that's most of the things that we want to talk yeah, about, Yeah, I think right? that's about a wrap. Yeah, but it's like 70 degrees right now. Yeah, let's get outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We love you, and we appreciate you sharing this with your friends and joining our Patreon. This, you know, we just really appreciate you being here. Yeah, Merry Spring. Cheers. <laughs>